0: again friends and welcome on into episode 212 of the sco show proudly a part of the pats pulpit podcast network and brought to you by the great folks at sb nation my name is mark Schofield I'm here in the big chair for today monday october 18th 2021 we're going to talk about a huge sported event between a new england area team and a texas area team we're going to have a cover for you a reaction from all angles and of course i'm talking about game three of the American League Championship Series. First pitch tonight at Fenway Park at 8.08 p.m. Eastern. Series shifts back to Fenway Park after the Boston Red Sox go down to Houston and get a split with the Astros. Your Game 3 starter is Eduardo Rodriguez. He'll be getting the ball and taking the bump for the New England Patriots on two extra days of rest. Red Sox manager Alex Cora told the media, the pitcher we have now compared to who he was when we went there and he pitched it here, it's a lot different. The velocity is up. The changeup is where he wants it. Now, look, I would love to sit here and spend the next 25 minutes talking about the Red Sox rather than dive it into what we saw Sunday afternoon at Gillette Stadium where the New England Patriots lost a game that, honestly, look, they should have won. All right? They they should have won that game. And I know I, I, I and others said this is going to be one of those measuring stick type games, yada, yada, yada. As I also said a couple weeks ago after the loss to Tampa Bay, no, no moral victories, right? No moral victories in the NFL. You're now two and four. And I saw a tweet, I, I wish I could remember who tweeted it out, but it was something to the effect of look, the Patriots could be five and one or 0 and six if a couple of plays go against them. And a brilliant response to that was that kind of tells the story about this team, right? It tells the story about this team because good teams, win those types of games. Bad teams find ways to lose them. And I I think that's kind of where we are with the New England Patriots. They're a team that's in transition at the quarterback position, of course, we all know, and we'll get to that. But it's also a team that, look, they had opportunities to win that game. And they didn't. And it's frustrating. So what we're going to do today, in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about the offense. I'm going to talk about Mac Jones. But in the first half of the show, I'm going to talk a little bit about the defense, in particular the 3rd and 25 play. But I want to talk about decision making. And I know hindsight is 20-20. Hindsight is what it is, etc., etc., etc. But Aaron Schatz over at Football Outsiders, had a tweet on Monday morning that I sort of wanted to start with. And it's this. Since like 2012, Bill Belichick has become rather conservative with his decision-making. And we saw that on Sunday. An extremely conservative approach at the end of the half. Get the ball back after an incredible defensive play to force the fumble on the QB sneak on the goal line. Juwan Bentley punches it out. Kyle Van Noy recovers. Just a tremendous play. And yes, the Patriots might have gotten a break. There were a lot of Cowboys fans upset about the play on third down. They thought that should have been a touchdown or reviewed. Challenged. Wasn't. They go for it on fourth down. A tremendous defensive play. You get the ball back. Minute 30 left in the first half. You have an opportunity to get points. You, you're, you've you got the lead. You've got an opportunity to get points. And perhaps, you know, do the double dip. You know, you get a field goal there. It's 17-10. You get a field goal coming out of halftime, it's 20-10, and it suddenly is a two-score game. They decide, no, we're going to sort of run the draw play, see if we can break one, get a cheap one, and then we'll kneel on it twice since we only get a yard on first down. And and after the game, Bill Belichick says that his thinking in that moment was, we get the ball to start the second half. No sense trying to force things, giving them an opportunity to, to get a field goal, whatever. Okay, the idea of deferring and getting the ball to start the second half, remember the thesis behind that, the idea behind that? It was you have the opportunity now to steal an extra possession, right? You could steal an extra possession. You get a double dip. You know, you could really sort of in the middle of the game, change the course of the game. Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus in response to Belichick's comments there, basically said, if deferring and trying to get that double dip then causes you to give up a possession, like the Patriots did at the end of the half, then what's the point? Then what's the point? You've basically neutralized your own decision. You've negated the, the reasoning behind it. When you decide to say, hey, look, you know, we're just we're getting the ball anyway, so why risk something here? Well, that extra possession you deferred to get, you've now flushed it down the toilet. So that was a very curious decision, a rather conservative decision. And you also had four fourth down calls in this game. A fourth and four, fourth and three, fourth and two, fourth and one. And they didn't go for any of them. You had the fourth and one in their own 35. I understand punting there. It stains when you get the punt blocked. But I, I get that one. The first one that was like really curious was the fourth and four with 209 left in the third quarter. You know, you're down three. You have the ball at your own forty-six. And thanks to Ben Baldwin's fourth down decision bot, you know, it, it's a model, sure. But the recommendation was to go for it. Winning percentage, if you if you punt in that situation, 27%. Winning percentage, if you go for it in that situation, is 29%. And they had it as basically a 50-50 if you would convert that on fourth and four. They decide to punt. Okay. Well, what happens? They go down the field and get a field goal. You know, and that was a decision that seemed a little conservative to me at the time. And then certainly the decision in overtime, right? Same yardage, you're on your own 46, it's now a fourth and three. And you know if you give the ball back to them, all they need is a field goal. And Belichick basically said that. He said, look, you know, if we get stopped there, they're basically in field goal range. Well, they've been carving you up for the most part, in the in the fourth quarter, and you haven't really gotten a stop. You just gave up a 24-yard gain on third and 25 at the end of regulation, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Where's the aggression now? And I know some people say, look, well, maybe it's, you know, you've got a, a rookie quarterback, and he had just missed on a throw. Well, maybe? The throw to Aguilar... You know, decision aside, in terms of the no flag, because, yes, there was a face mask call there, certainly. I like his decision in that spot. He might have Myers underneath on a crossing route to convert it there. But he gets the matchup he likes. He has a lot of the field to work with. Balls in the middle of the field. Throws the back shoulder. I mean, it's usually a route that's impossible to defend. He kind of misses the throw, but you wonder, you know, the face mask situation. But there, there's nothing in that play that screams to me he's going to fail on fourth down. And we're going to talk about the interception and maybe the interception had something to do with it. But there's there's nothing in that moment that screams to me you're clearly going to fail. So it was another very conservative decision. And yes, hindsight is what it is. But maybe if they're more aggressive there, they have a chance to get off the field. Let, let's talk about the third and 25 play. Because I've seen a lot of discussion about that. I've seen a lot of people basically saying, how can you be in prevent there? How can you give that up? They weren't in prevent. You have a third and 25. Dallas on their own 45, 31 seconds left. You know they need the big play, right? They're in cover one. Now, look, the the corners are playing off. Sure, I will give you that. The corners are playing off. But you've got a third and 25 situation. You're going to give a little bit of a cushion, right? Because what you want to do is force Prescott to read this out. Don't give him a throw early down and hope that you can get some pressure up front. Dallas is in a four-by-one look, four to the right. What this does with Elliott sort of in a win and three receivers outside of him, it forces Hightower to walk to the outside because he gets a jam on Elliott, doesn't want to give him a free release, and that means you've only really got three guys rushing. You've got Uche, you've got Barmore, and you've got Judon. is late to get into a pass rush, so basically it turns this into a three-man rush situation. So you tip your hat to Kellen Moore there. Then they run Jarwin, the tight end, through. He's the number, two, the number three guy to the quad to the right. And then they have the dagger concept. So you've got Cedric Wilson releasing vertically from the two spot. Lamb running the dig from the outside. Now, as I said, they rotate this to single high. Adrian Phillips is the safety who comes down. What happens is Cooper runs a shallow working across against J.C. Jackson. Jackson lets that go. Phillips dives on it, and Jackson looks to poach anything that's coming from the backside. And he goes first to Jarwin because that's the first threat that crosses into his area. As that's happening, Wilson is releasing vertically, and the single high safety, Devin McCordy, has to stay over the top of that. He can't bail. All of this leads to the eventual situation of C.D. Lamb running the dig route against Jalen Mills, who is playing with outside leverage. And Dak makes a great read and throw. Dak sees the back of Jonathan Jones, who is matching and buying that vertical route. He's sticking on it. Mills is playing with outside leverage, expecting help to the inside, but the help can't quite get there. Because McCourty has to stay over the top of the vertical route and Phillips is diving down to take the shallow. It's a great play call in that moment by Dallas from formation, design, concept, and execution. They got you. And then look, the the touchdown, it's a zero blitz situation. They've already got the ball in field goal range, right? So you're hoping you can make a big play on defense. You go zero blitz. What's the old phrase, kids? If you go zero blitz and you don't get home, the band is going to play. Hat tip, Rod Gilmore over at ESPN. I remember you said that a couple years ago. It's stuck with me since that moment. They go zero blitz. They don't get home. Prescott has all day to read it out, and you get the walk-off play. Could the defensive play better in some of those moments? Yeah. You know, if you get pressure on Prescott on the Zero Blitz situation, he doesn't have time to read this out, get across the field, and find Lamb coming across the field. They don't get pressure on him. You go Zero Blitz and, the, and the, you don't get home, the band's going to play. So, there it is. Up next, I'm going to talk a little bit about Mac. We're going to talk about the interception. I'm going to talk about the touchdown. I'm going to talk about some other stuff that's ahead here on episode 212 of The Scope Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Just go to Frito-Lay No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void prohibitive. Here's where the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-Lay Snacket.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 212 of the SCO show. And let's talk about Mac Jones. Let, let's go there next. Obviously, look, rookie quarterback. That's going to be a serious focus the entire season. And... I thought Mac played pretty well. You know, I, Mac's been solid this year. Is there room for growth? Absolutely. Are there things he needs to improve on? Absolutely. Is he getting better? I think he's getting better over the course of the season. And you know, the, the tired refrains from me development on linear, yada, yada, yada. I think by and large, he played well. Let's start with two bad plays, though. First, the sack. And you know what sack I'm talking about. The second and 17. The sack fumble with Randy Gregory. This this was this was bad all around, right? This was bad all around because you see this pre-snap, right? And and you almost wonder about freedom to check at the line of scrimmage for Jones in this situation because you've got 12 personnel. You start with a YY win to the right with Henry on line, Smith on the wing, Myers outside. Backside, you've got Nelson Aguilar. You run Smith across the field in motion pre-snap. You've got eight in the box, basically. You've got the strong safety. Wilson is like just off the line of scrimmage in the box. The deepest player in the box is linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch, who's five yards off the line. You've got eight guys in the box on second and 17, and you're trying to run play action, back to the defense. This just screams, get out of it. Get to something quick game. Get to something simple. Check to verts. Check to back shoulders. Check to something else. Because if they end up coming, disaster could strike. And that's exactly what happens. Kajust is on the sort of front side of this coming out of the fake. Gregory just, look, Gregory makes a great play, right? Jab step to the inside. Breaks to the outside. Kajus, we talk about it all the time. Pass protection is not passive, but he sort of rocks back on his heels. It's a bad rep. Jones doesn't see it because he's carrying the play-action fake out, And he's trying to snap his eyes back because they're setting up what works out to be a full receiver concept to the left. So as Jones comes out of the fake, his eyes immediately go to the left side he doesn't see Gregory, doesn't feel Gregory, who gets a free run at him and just blasts him into the cape. This was one that more I would put on the decision to go with this design. And does Jones have the ability to get out of that if he doesn't like that look? Because th- they're screaming, look, we're coming. It's second and 17. We figure you're going to have to throw the football here. We are coming. Are you going to have this blocked up? So I'd love to see if he has the ability to do so. Jones, check to something quick game. Three-step, get it out, because they're coming. Or as you do that, maybe go max protect, and you just got the two receiver out, but get it blocked up. If it ends up being third and 17, I'm okay with that. First and 10 for Dallas, I'm not okay with that. So that's my thought on the sack. With respect to the interception, you know, in many ways he missed the throw. It's the right read. You know, it's tosser flat. We got two two outside receivers running slants. You've got Henry in the win. He's running your flat route. It's the right read. You read this inside out. You see it's man coverage. You see the linebacker that's walked down Bale to the left. I mean well, his right, your left to cover Henry in the flat. You're reading it inside out. Diggs is playing from depth to throw the slant. Right read. Middle of the field is open underneath. It's the right read. Throws a little bit high. Now, could Bourne catch it? Yeah. But this is sort of what we talked about going into this game, right? Trayvon Diggs, he can play, give you cushions, gives up some separation, but he can recover well, and that's what he did here. He gets himself back into position. You don't make the perfect throw, perfect catch, and you get a pick six going the other way. And, you know, it's frustrating because you make this play, you might have a chance to put this game away. It's 2.36 left. There's room to catch and run. Worst case scenario, you're looking at like third and seven. Forcing Dallas to take some timeouts. Can work a little bit of clock. Maybe you convert it. But then you give them the lead. Now, to his credit, the touchdown on the next offensive play from scrimmage, you want to talk about a quarterback learning this lesson. Because he throws this on a rope. He says, I'm not going to give you any chance to recover here. Good route by Bourne to get Diggs sort of twisted around off the release. Safety just makes a bad break on this. Plays this to the outside. And Bourne goes the distance. And we talk a lot about competitive toughness and... In quarterbacks learning from mistakes and things like that. I think you saw that in that moment from Mac Jones. Also, the touch, touchdown pass to Hunter Henry. I talk about manipulation, right? I talk about manipulation that matters. Four verts, off of play action, down in the red zone, single high coverage, back to the defense, carry out the play fake, get your eyes on Smith, up one seam, freeze the post safety between the hash marks, and then hit Henry on the other one. It's how you draw it up. It's how you install it. It's exactly what you want to see from the quarterback in that situation. And Jones makes a good read, a good throw, does a great job with his eyes at freezing the safety between the hash marks. You know, single high coverage, four verts, like that's your dream situation as a quarterback, right? Is you can take the inside throws, move your safety. With your eyes to one, throw the other. It's how you draw it up. Fantastic job there. Problem is, now it's all for naught, right? This is a two and four team. This is a two and four team that, while technically, look, still has a shot at the playoffs, you have to really think about developing Mac Jones because you went all in on this guy developing Mac Jones, and making him better each and every week out. Show some trust in this kid. Show some faith in this kid. Is he a perfect quarterback right now? No. But we'd be foolish to expect him to be a perfect quarterback now six games into his NFL career. At this point, we should be focusing on getting this kid better each and every week, showing some more confidence in him, giving him more freedom, opening up the offense a little bit more each week. You've got a winnable game. Against the Jets here. We've already beat them once. Another home game. Maybe we can finally get a chance to see this team win at home. Get them better every week. Give them a little bit more to do each week. Show some more faith in me each week. Let's see if we can reward that faith. That's where I am right now. It's a, It was a winnable game. Frustrating to see them lose this. But Dallas is a very good football team. Dallas is a very good football team. And... They're going to be in the mix of it in the NFC. But there are no moral victories. This is a game they should have won. It's frustrating to see them lose it. But that will do it for today. I will be back Wednesday to get ready for Jets' Pats, Jets' Week 2.0 this season. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors. Check in on your loved ones. Wash those hands. And when you do, sin along. Bless those Patriots' reigns. Diane folks.